And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the host with the most. They are in the captain's chair and they are at the wheel. Therefore, they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life in this storm. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. Welcome to His Hard Line for episode 480. We are going to be reading out of the book of Genesis chapter 16. Then we'll get into a little bit of a summary. We'll close this out after the prayer and we'll get into the next show, which will be kind of fairly short, but it's something very important we need to cover because it's something that was discovered over the weekend. And we need to make sure we call out fake accounts online by fake people who claim to be the General General Assembly when they're really not. I've been trolling this uh, this channel all day. They've been blocking me. They've been deleting my comments. So now all I'm able to resort to is doing thumbs down for all their stuff. And now this on the podcast. We got enough people. I think we can get enough people over there to shut that down because they're completely being fraudulent. And we're going to shut them down. So anyways, well, welcome. It is Monday, March 13th, 2023. And so before we get started, we're going to play a quick dad joke or two, and then we'll get right into the reading. So let's see what Logan Isle has for us today. I asked my date to meet me at the gym. She never showed up. That's when I knew we weren't going to work out. A man knocked at my door today asking for a donation for the local swimming pool. So I gave him a glass of water. <laughs> What's blue? 
and not very heavy. This is somebody else, of course. Light blue. I hate you so much right now. Ain't the heavy, you know. <laughs> What's blue? My wife complains I don't buy her flowers. To be honest, I never knew she sold flowers. <laughs> I've been struggling lately to get my wife's attention. So I just sat down, got comfortable. That did the trick. That's great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Just sat down, got comfortable. That did the trick. <laughs> All right. So um, I hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, I don't know about you. I had a very fantastic slash action pack slash uh, <laughs> stressful slash good weekend. I mean, it was a mixed weekend, but it was a good weekend. I, I can't complain. It was a good weekend. Um, got to see, uh, got to meet. Great Frosty of the North there, Destry Payne, came down to say hello here in Michigan. Got to meet also somebody from the Kentucky General Journal Assembly. That was really cool. Uh, Megan, she came on up. She is a, you know, uh, one of the uh, members, like I said, of the Kentucky General Journal Assembly. Uh, so that was really cool. Maybe one of these days we'll have her on the podcast because she does a lot of uh, uh, energy work, energy healing and stuff like that. It's very interesting stuff. Um, and I'd like to learn a little bit more about it. My wife has been kind of looking at it and I've, I've kind of always knew about it and thought it was pretty cool. In fact, my wife actually had her work on her for a couple hours. It was a two hour session. And, um, yeah, I mean, there are some things that actually really helped my wife that she's been battling for some time. So maybe one of these days we'll get Megan on the air to kind of talk a little bit about what she does. And maybe if my wife is willing to, she can come on, explain what she had going on, what she did. Um, like I'll give you for an example, like one little instance. So my wife has a propensity of grinding her teeth when she sleeps, you know, very tense. And of course, you know, when she wakes up very sore, jaw sore, and you know, you just feel when you're grinding your teeth. Well, after this two hour session with Megan, she noticed that she was able to sleep and woke up the next day and felt that she didn't grind her teeth. Uh, for not just one night, but two nights. I don't know about last night. I forgot to ask her, but it was two nights in a row um, since she worked on her. I was like, wow, I'm like, really? So, uh, but anyways, so yeah, we're learning a little bit about that. We're actually thinking about going down to Kentucky next uh, or later, maybe possibly this summer um, to go to the Creation Museum that's there in Northern Kentucky. And she's about an hour east of that location. So we were thinking about going down again so my wife can get worked on a little bit more. Um, but it's no different than like chiropractic. You know, they, 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 it's, you know, it's just basic practical ways of healing and fixing the body without using big pharma poison, um, medicine, you know, pharmacia, the crap that gets you sick. Um, I mean, if you go back and read the Bible and you look at all the miracles that Jesus performed, I mean, think about it. You're laying hands on people while praying. And, uh, you know, I mean, basically, if you think about it, what Jesus did when people thought he was performing miracles was really energy work. If you think about it, something that a lot of uh, a, a lot of Chinese, you know, ancient Chinese uh, people have done as well, probably leading all the way up to current modern days. So, yeah, I think we should have her on the show. I think that was uh, that's pretty intriguing. Love to learn more about that. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, let's get right into the reading. So today, let me adjust my mic here for a second. So today we're going to be reading. Oh, what do we are? What are we going to be reading? I already said it. Genesis chapter 16. So um, this one, I don't think it's not very long. This is only, yeah, 
It's not very long at all. So 16 verses. So we'll, we'll get through this new King James version I am reading. And so it starts off by saying now, Sarah, Abram's wife, hold on, let me adjust my mic one more time. Abram's wife had borne him no children and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. After Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarah said to Abram, my wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes, and the Lord judge between you and me. So Abram said to Sarah, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are with child. And you shall bear a son, you shall call his name Ishmael. Because the Lord has heard your affliction, he shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. And she said, Have I also seen? Have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore, the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. Observe it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram his son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. And that is the reading of. Um, Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 16. Now, a little context in this chapter. So, of course, after formally establishing his covenant promise with Abram in the previous chapter, the Lord still has, you know, he hasn't given Abram and Sarah a child. So Sarah conceives Abram to take her slave girl as a wife in hopes of getting a child that way. And of course, Abram agrees and pregnancy and conflict soon follow, as one would imagine. And Sarah treats Hagar so harshly that the girl runs off alone into the wilderness. And so the Lord finds her and, you know, he commands her, you need to go back and return and submit. And he also reveals that, however, that Hagar's child Ishmael will become the father of a great people who will live in conflict with everyone. So kind of a little bit of a chapter context. So like what what does Genesis chapter 16 really mean? So, Genesis 16 continues to follow the life of one of Israel's greatest patriarchs, Abram, who will again soon be renamed 
Abraham. Now, to this point, Abram and his wife are still childless, despite Abram being well over 75 years old. In fact, at this point in the narrative, Abram is pushing 90. Now, in the prior chapter, Abram had voiced his concerns to God about the situation, and God had responded with a dramatic demonstration of his intentions. Now, for all these many years, Abram had resisted following the normal practices of his day. So, you know, in that time, Abram and Sarah were actually very wealthy. They had many servants. Abram could have taken many wives if he wanted. He chose instead to wait for God to fulfill the promise of children through his barren wife, Sarah. Now, until now, of course, um, with Abram in his mid-80s, Sarah had, you know, apparently become tired of waiting. So, in her eyes, it was time to go to plan B. Giving her Egyptian servant girl, Hagar, to Abram in order to finally obtain a child. Now, apparently... If a wife was unable to bear a child, you know, unable to bear children, it was considered appropriate for her to give a servant to her husband as a another wife, with the understanding that any children born to that servant would rightfully become the child of the original wife. But of course, in a very disappointing moment of faithlessness, Abram agrees and Hagar quickly becomes pregnant. But unfortunately, as we kind of saw here, that the plan unraveled very quickly and Hagar elevated from slave to wife and now birth mother and begins to treat her mistress Sarah with contempt and perhaps Hagar wondered what she and Abram need Sarah for now perhaps she resented the idea that her child would belong to Sarah in any case the dynamic changes you know Sarah's feelings about her plan changed as well and you know makes sense so She makes it clear to Abram that she holds him responsible for this conflict, and she demands that he make clear that Sarah remains in authority over Hagar. Now, again, Abram agrees, but with with that approval, Sarah deals harshly with Hagar, so harshly that she actually ends up running off into the wilderness alone, maybe fearful for her own life. But at that moment, that's when God, um, God, however, basically went and basically told Hagar, like, you need to go back. You know, you will not, you know, God would not allow Hagar and her child to be discarded so easily. So the angel of the Lord, perhaps Yahweh himself, finds Hagar resting at a spring alone, you know, along a road leading back to the homeland of Egypt. And he gives to Hagar a command and a promise. Now, first, the angel of the Lord tells Hagar, to return and submit to Sarah. And then he reveals that she will bear a son, Ishmael, and that his offspring will become so numerous as to be uncountable. Now, however, he will be a wild one, as they said, right? Of a man and in his life. And the lives of his descendants will be marked by conflict with everyone. Now, in spite of this mixed news, Hagar is astonished and grateful that God has heard her. And the name of her son Ishmael means God hears. And so she names the Lord who who heard the cry, or her who heard her cry, and came to her, the God of seeing, and the names the well bear um Ihalaroi, which is well of the living one who sees. 
And so Hagar returns to Abram and Sarah, and Ishmael is born. Now, while God has given a guarantee of blessing to Hagar and Ishmael, this boy is not the child of the promise. And this was not how God planned to accomplish his will. And so the son born from Abram's second wife is not the fulfillment of the Lord's vows to Abram. And then, of course, another 13 years will pass before God will fully reveal his plan to Abram, giving he and Sarah their long-awaited son. I tell you, it's very interesting. I mean, to think that, you know, you you having that faith and trust that God's going to answer your prayers, right, of bearing a child. Um that you that you would have to just wait another 13 years. Maybe my wife might be able to find it while I'm still finishing up on here, but she posted something which is very interesting with regards to God's timing. Maybe she can find it and post it real quick in the chat board, but you know, there's so many times where people we 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 struggle when we pray because there's sometimes things that we have in mind that we want like right now, um uh, whether if it's a baby, right? Or whether if it's um, that new career, right, that might be able to, you know, catapult you into a different phase in your life. Or maybe you're looking for that, uh, that, that, that companion that you can call your spouse forever, right, where the two can become one. Uh, whatever the thing is or the situation or, you know, the, the blessing that you're looking to achieve in your life, um, there's sometimes we have expectations in our own mind of exactly when that should occur. But oftentimes, you know, we often just have to just kind of sit back and just let it be right here. She actually posted right here. It says, when you understand that God is never late, you wait differently. I want to say that again, when you understand that God is never late, you wait differently. That's pretty profound if you ask me. See, God's timing is always perfect timing. We get frustrated as people, as men and women here on earth in the earthly realm, because, you know, we want God to answer prayers in a certain way, right? Like, for example, my nephew, he's up to, unfortunately, he's up to about eight, nine, 10 seizures a day um, on his third medication. Nothing's working. And my sister says, you know, my sister-in-law is saying that she's been praying and praying and God's not answering. It's like, okay, well, and I told her in a conversation, I said, look, I'm not going to sit here and claim that I know when God's going to answer. But remember, he's not answering yet. It doesn't mean he's never going to answer. He just hasn't answered yet. Maybe there's a reason he's going through this with this family. Maybe there's a lesson that this family needs to learn, possibly the power of laying hands on their son as a family and really, truly praying, not just saying shallow words. Now, some would probably argue in the family, oh, she, she's, she would never pray using shallow words. I don't know. We all do, don't we? We've all been guilty of doing it. I'm guilty of it. I've prayed using shallow words, not realizing it. I think until you have a true intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and God, I think all of our prayers are pretty shallow for the most part until you come into him with a good, solid relationship. I think our prayers are pretty, you know, pretty shallow. I mean, let's be true. Let's be real with ourselves. And so it's until we actually have a good, true relationship and God actually can feel that that relationship is genuine and authentic. 
not saying that he'll never bless you and never answer prayers, but you know, you start like, like, like my wife just put in here, you, you wait differently when you understand that God's never late. You start, like I said, this is why I always start my show off with, you know, we got God and Jesus Christ at our side because they are the host. They're the ones in charge. They're at the wheel. They're steering the ship. We have to give full surrender to God and understand that, look, we give 100% surrender of our lives and everything that happens in our lives over to God and Jesus Christ. Everything will be just fine. We just have to have 100% faith and know that God's got this. It may not happen in the time frame we want it to. But at that point, we start to realize and, and discern and have the wisdom enough to wait differently. That's why, like I said, back to you know Abram and Sarah. It took some faith for them, but again, it would be another 13 years to pass before God would actually fully reveal his plan to Abram, giving him and Sarah their long-awaited son. 13 years. But hey, he delivered. Did he not? I'm just saying. My wife was just saying right here, yes, God's timing is always on time. We just have to wait patiently in our faith and trust in him. Destry was saying right here, have faith in God's plan. Absolutely. See, this is what it means to really trust in him and, and, and be in 100% faith in God. Unfortunately, there's too many people out here, and I was part of this group. We're very impatient, right? We want it now. Unfortunately, it can happen now because, well, quite frankly, because your time frame and your timeline obviously is not paralleled, it does not run in sync with God's timeline. Like, for example, last week, uh, this is, I think last week, I think I was telling you guys this, I had a breakdown uh, with my semi. And leading up to that breakdown, which cost me another two hours in delay, two and a half hours being delayed, I had like another two and a half or three hours of delay prior to that with waiting to load my truck throughout the day. I mean, I had over five, five and a half hours worth of delays. I told my wife, I said, the only thing I can check up right now, the way I can look at this whole day with all these delays I was dealing with is clearly my timeline is running a little too fast than what God wants me to be moving at. Jason, what are you talking about? Well, meaning I had a day where if it could go wrong, it went wrong. Now one would say, Oh, that's Murphy's law. If it can go wrong, it can, it, it, you know, if it can go wrong, it will. But see how I was looking at it as was Maybe my actions in my life was moving a little bit too fast in the timeline than God really wanted. Therefore, he created all these delays, right? All these different backups to slow my roll down a little bit because who knows? I could have gotten a little bit too far ahead and maybe something could have happened and got me in a pretty catastrophic accident. You know what I mean? So... He could have prevented me from having something really bad happen to me. And if that was the case, I'm okay with delays. Bottom line is we need to really have faith and trust in God and understand that his time, his timing is never late. We just have to learn to wait differently. It's a good lesson. I think people should really heed and listen to that lesson and really, really step into that. Anyway, I think we should end this with a prayer and we'll move on to the next show because this next one is 
pretty important show too. So, <sighs> Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you for this time together. And we appreciate all the many blessings and gifts that you bring about into our lives. A lot of things that we often overlook and take advantage of because there's little things that we don't really pay attention to, like running water and electricity, you know, the flip of a switch, and then all of a sudden lights are on. Heat, while we're cold in the wintertime, we have a heating unit in our house that keeps us warm and comfortable. These are things that we often take for granted and often forget about, but we need to remember these little creature comforts and say thank you. Thank you for all of these wonderful blessings in life that keep us comfortable. Let us never forget the life that we have is a rich life. Thank you for the community that we have here. Thank you for all that you bring about. Thank you for the gift of friendship and companionship. And thank you for the National Assembly, our nation, the people within the assembly. We thank you for this just wonderful country. We just pray that we can get what we need by coming out of interim status and getting back to self-governing once again with you at the top of the throne. We pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So we are going to close this out here and we will be back in about, eh, like I said, two minutes. Give me about two minutes and uh, we will get the next show started. All right. We'll be right back. And if I don't see you on the other side, we'll see you back here tomorrow at 7 p.m. again. God bless. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men